I don't deal with psychos. I put them away. I ain't no psycho, man. I'm a hero. You're looking at a fucking hunter. I'm a hero of the new world. You're a disease. And I'm the cure. Die! Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back on the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up today or are best left in the past. I'm Tristan. And I'm Greg Khan Reddy. Yay! <laughs> Greg Khan Reddy. They, they call him. They call me Carney. <laughs> You're on the edge, Tristan. You're off your edge. Nice. You got an attitude problem, Cobra. You better believe it. Never remember. <laughs> I needed to do this episode after a night out when my voice is about three octaves deep. Yeah, when I can do my Barry Whites. Mm. Yeah. Agreed. Or Slies. Whichever, or Slies. Whichever is more appropriate. Maybe it's not so much sugar. Eat some fish and rice. <laughs> what? Is that a line? That's a line. He has the worst banter. It's terrible. We're doing Cobra. <laughs> We're doing Cobra. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, friends. Welcome, friends. We're going to get into all of these things. Yeah, and more. And more. More questions. Um, oh, I thought you might like an update, Greg. Yes, please. I say it like that. I haven't already said this to you. Remember we talked about the spiders in my house? Oh, <laughs> man. I just like to watch his skin crawl. I have- so spider the size of my fist had about 100 babies. Oh. I killed, i got to say, probably 90 of them. But now there's 10 angry spiders in my house growing up. Looking for revenge. Looking for revenge. I found one behind the toilet. Down oh. behind the microwave. Oh. And I, I wake up to pee like three times a night right now because I'm having a shake before bed. Why are you well, – how do you look behind the microwave? I wouldn't know what's going on. Well, no, it, it walked up. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I got it. Oh, you took <laughs> it outside? Yeah, no, I, I approached it with a matchstick in my mouth and got my gun with a laser pointer on top of it and uh, negotiated, you're a disease and I'm the cure. And um, then I sprayed it with some mortine. So who knows how many spiders are left, but it's sort of like a weird supervillain origin story in my house where, you know, I've, I've, I've killed their family in there. Mm. Are they radioactive? Yeah. One can assume. So that, well, that's the other thing. Best case scenario, I'll wake up with some superpowers. Serious question. Yeah. Did it ever, and this has probably been discussed, but um, as you know, I'm not writing on the whole Marvel and mm. whatnot. Mm. You're more of a Is willow it, guy. Was it, yeah. Is there ever... <laughs> Ever chat around Spider-Man not being called Spider-Man, being called Spider-Boy? Why well, he, he, grows, he grows up though. Not in, not in the things I've seen. Yeah, in the movies so far he hasn't really. That's right, that's it. It's perpetually high school. He yeah, grows up in point. the real thing, does he? I think He's still so. Spider-Boy when it happens. Well, I think that's part, of, that's part of his cover though. If it was Spider-Boy then it would be like, oh, he's a boy. Okay. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> oh, he's a man. 1986. Yeah, this movie came out just about then in 1986. Mm-hmm. We've looked at 96, 86 a little bit. Yeah. What, ha- what happened in that year? Well, I've got a tenuous link mm, um, nice. through the lens of Sly. Yeah. Through the lens of Rocky. Uh-huh. Through the lens of boxing. 1986 was the year we were introduced to the youngest ever heavyweight world champion, Iron Mike Tyson, uh, when he – Took the belt of Trevor Burbick, um, I think it was November, perhaps. I should have, should have formed up my date. Mm. But he was uh, he was twenty, just over 20 years old, 20 years and four months, the youngest to ever do it. 
uh, for Trevor, Trevor Burbick, stopped him in the second round. We are introduced to a new specimen, a ferocious fighter with insane power, insane head movement. Man, he was special. knocks him out. In uh, he landed a lot of shots. Burbick yeah. took a lot of hits in the first even. He's just domination. Stop the fight. Stop the fight. He, Stop the he fight. got up. He wanted to go on. Burbick's a tough guy. But he was just on, on old spaghetti linguini legs. Oh, uh, yeah. As the great crime faces. Have you, you have you watched Crime Faces? Yeah. He's all time. He's great. He's so great. He's so great. If you if if you are listening and you don't know what I'm talking about. You don't mind a little bit of violence, but it, it's sweetened by good humour. Yeah. He basically commentates street fights. So there'll be clips sent I sent to him, I guess, off the internet. And he commentates. The way he commentates is so I know Snoop Dogg got a lot of um a lot of good buzz around his commentating. Mm. Was that the Mike Tyson fight? Ironically, I, I can't remember. Maybe. Yeah, that's it. Three sixty, baby. He's done um, a bit of UFC stuff. Yeah. Oh, maybe. Yeah, might be getting my wires crossed. But he did, and then people were like, "Oh, he should commentate everything." This guy should commentate everything. He's so funny. Get him on the Olympics. Just get him to commentate yeah. whatever the fuck. Yeah. Equestrian. He's super <laughs> sharp. Um, He's and just slinging hilarious. these zingers that don't. Yeah. They're not from anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> but, I can't, can't do justice. Just. Yeah. Just follow him on Instagram. I, yeah, I don't even know how to give a sample of what that would be. But, yeah, so good. Banzai! <laughs> he's, he's, Linguini he's legs all, is a good. Yeah, yeah, he's all time. So that was Tyson's, I guess, you know, stake on the world stage. Youngest ever, still no one. Yeah. Uh, that young has claimed a heavyweight title. Um, and, yeah, he went on to win like nine after that and then lost to Riddick Bowe and then. Then he got a tattoo. Yeah, yeah, a couple of years later. <laughs> And then he's, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a cultural phenomenon. Iron Mike is. He's an interesting physiophilic podcaster. Mm-hmm. He's a special human. I'm a, I'm a huge fan. Yeah. Did he? He won that recent fight, right? Yeah. 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 He looked pretty good. I feel like that was a really exciting that day, and I feel like we've all forgotten about that now. And in the lead up to, because how fit he got and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Is that it now? Is he going to keep doing it? He might have another one. I think maybe, was... maybe he'll fight that little dickhead. Oh no! I don't <laughs> think he's going to fight Jake Paul. Ah, uh, imagine that. That would be pretty funny. As long as he just gets that first punch in. I think he could kill the guy. Yeah. Wake up dead. Wake up dead, dead. Not a bad solution. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Morteen and vermin extermination. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, So, yeah, that's just a little little, uh, sports nostalgia for the the fight fans out there. Nice. All the the Tyson fans. Yeah. 1986 was the year. Write it down. 1986. Big year for Mike Tyson. Mm, It was. uh, It was. Big year for births of my wife in 86. Mm-hmm. Big year for movies. Yeah. It really was. Yeah, the movies. We've covered this recently with Crocodile Dundee. Came yep. out number two. Number one that year was Top Gun. We ha- we will do Top Gun. We're, gonna, we're aiming for the re-release, right? Yeah, yeah. We'll time that strategically. With the good people at Paramount. And we'll go so viral with that. Yeah. <laughs> I believe so. Just like when we did Aladdin. We're going to be influencers for that. Oh, we actually, we may officially be. When I say influencers for that, we might get invited to the Australian premiere. Hasn't gone to Amazon or something, has it? No, oh, they're nice. pulling it back, holding onto that one. Nice. Yeah. Hey, this was also the year of Karate Kid Part Two. It was the year of Platoon. It was the year of the Golden Child. Ah, ah, ah! Want the knife? There you go. It's the year of Bueller, which we've also covered. Stand by me, which we've covered. Yeah. Pretty in Pink. Is Three this, Amigos. The Money Pit. This might be our most biggest, most dunnest year. Most biggest, most dunnest in top tens. Yeah, I think so. Because there's others in there that we've done as well. 
outside the top ten. Oh, you would know because you always have to look for these nuggets. I had a look today. I had a little, well, oh yeah, <laughs> scan, a little scanny scan. Yeah, and you know what came in surprisingly at number fifteen that year? Money pit. Not the money pit, but uh, very similar. Cobra. Fifteen. Wow. Fifteen. And actually, um, according to Stallone himself, um, I haven't verified this, but I don't know why I would lie about this. It's, it seems to make sense. It did, and these are global numbers, by the way. And so maybe in the US it didn't quite get that high because it actually did better internationally mm-hmm. than it did in the US, you know, relatively speaking. And it did better than the Rocky sequels overseas. Wow. So. Anywhere in particular? No, I just, Anywhere I just in said international box office. It actually beat the Rocky sequels. That was the that was the headline I read about an hour ago. KO? <laughs> did they say something clever like KO's Rocky sequels? That's that would be good. Mm. You should write articles in ninety six. He- just headlines and conclusions. Oh, nice! And then hand it over to someone else. Fill in the gaps. Fill in the in gaps. Turn. <laughs> Sometimes I find this doing the pop critic videos. Sometimes I'll build a video just because I know how I want to end it. <laughs> Yes. It's good. It's better than the opposite. There's nothing worse than that's, not knowing how to end a video. Oh, that's what they say. Yeah. Um, so it came out in May of 1986, budget of $25 million with a <laughs> box office gross of $160 million. Damn. Rotten Tomatoes critics, 14%. Audience, 42%. Yeah. Uh, significant gap there. Mm. Which side will we fall on? Only time will tell. Mm. Probably either. It's ballpark accurate. Personal context, I never saw this one, although I feel like pop culture-wise and just overall the, the visual language of this poster and everything, it, it's just been there. Yeah. It's been it's around. It's poster, isn't it? And I feel like I glossed over the fact that I haven't seen it. That's kind of a big deal. I haven't seen it. You haven't seen it. We both haven't seen it. Yeah. But you almost feel like you have. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure. It could have gone either way. With the Actually, that's in the rewatch I found. I've seen bits of it. But yeah. the closest thing I have to having seen this movie is doing our Beverly Hills Cop episode. Yeah, yeah. Way back in episode nine. It's very astute of me, isn't it? <laughs> it's going to be a thing now. Yeah, it's, it's a thing. <laughs> um, which was episode nine, nearly 100 episodes ago, and I actually went back and listened I to it. I can't believe that was number nine. Well I, well, I put it on to listen to it and I was like, oh. I would have said 39 me, minimum. That's what I thought. And then it sounded... We sounded like a couple of kids doing a school project in in an airport or something. <laughs> <laughs> Recorded on cassette. <laughs> yeah. Um, which we weren't. We weren't in an airport. Were we at my joint with it, the fan on? It the might f- have been the fan. I don't know. Yeah. It was just very. Airporty. We've We've come a long way. We're much mm. less shit than we were. Yeah. Um, That's good to know. And so it was quite confronting. So, but it was kind of cool to listen to our own podcast for research because, um, as we'll get into, the origin story of that movie and this movie overlaps in some interesting ways. But I wouldn't recommend going back to listen to that episode because I, I do worry because some people, when they find a new podcast, they start at episode one. Mm. And, and I don't want that to be. I don't want that to be their first oh impression. Well, you can't change your past, Tristan. You keep moving forward. Get hit. It's not about how hard you can hit, etc. Yeah, we really should have got out and done karaoke last night, so we could do the impressions a bit better. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm I'm high pitched today. Yeah. High pitched. 
I pitched. Should a Pesci movie. Should we get drunk and <laughs> record this tomorrow morning? Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna. No, we'll overlay some some impressions. I'll tell Carol morning. I'm having a sleepover. <laughs> She's like, but you didn't bring your, you didn't take your retainer. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that's all. That's pretty much all I knew about this movie. What about you, what about you Greg? Yeah, it was the poster. Yeah, that poster. I, I clearly remember the image of that poster in the video stores in my youth. Yeah, and I remember even not even asking to borrow that one. I probably did actually, but just because um, you're like, oh, there's no way. There's no way that's not coming home. And I was very that's much, an R. I was very one. much down to whatever Jono happened to have in his house. Yeah. So if he didn't have it, I just wouldn't see it. Yeah. Right. Well, that being the case, in a, in a double impact first. We both have to do plot predictions. Wow. Would you like to do the honours? All right, I'll go first. Um, so my plot prediction for this movie is very closely tied to what we learned in Beverly Hills Cop. Keep going. So I've kind of taken what I've gathered from there, plus looking at the poster, <laughs> and try to connect some dots. But my, mine's quite high-level thematic. I don't get super detailed in terms of plot. Oh. But um, you could say Axel, Axel Cabretti... He doesn't work by the book, but he gets results. Mm, yeah. You know, he's gone, it's not exactly regulation, mm. but he gets results. Mm. He carries a toothpick in his mouth. Oh, you observed that. And he gets results. Now, when Knife Man, played by Cheap Arnie, starts <laughs> knifing people, <laughs> Cabretti got to solve it. Now, while at first seemingly simple, things escalate when it gets personal. Oh, what happens? Showdown on the streets of LA, maybe Rodeo Drive, the end. That's pretty good. It's kind of the first half almost. Well, that was all That was all the stuff I remembered from the Beverly, his Beverly Hills Cop script. Yeah. Wow. Oh, plus I knew that Brian Thompson played a knife man. That's I, all I knew. You knew that? <clears throat> because it came up, yeah, I think on the socials when we yeah, posted about because yeah. he became one of our Willie Fickner types where we're like, I yeah. love that guy. He's in so many things. Romanani. And all the comments were like, Cobra, Cobra, Cobra. Built for that role. He's great. He's great. Uh, I went a little bit more granular on some of the points. This is good. This is why we're Lilac and Mauve. That's right. Yin and Yang. Uh, plot prediction. A plot prediction by Greg Dan Brady. <laughs> After multiple Nam tours, Cobra just wants a normal, quiet life. Oh, yeah, backstory. He's seen some things. We don't know what they are. That's nice. Thanks. He settles down back in his hometown of Detroit, Michigan, with his old pal, Sol. (laughs) I like that you just just take these leaps. (laughs) (laughs) And opens a grocery store. Oh. With Sol. Grocery store's close. Yeah. There is a grocery store, There's right? one in it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I look shop shop here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one night. <laughs> one night, a group of unsavory hooligans rob the store. Mm. They ride motorbikes and have spiky hair. Oh, no. They rob the store, trashing everything in their wake. They even kill Sol. Oh. Yeah, Sol dies. Pretty hectic. He's got like his apron on and then the bloodshot, the gunshots with the blood on the apron. And he's like surprised. He's like, Cobra, I, what, what, they shot me. It's two days away from a time. Yeah, from retiring from the grocery store. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, <laughs> so Cobra vows revenge, revenge for Sol. Yeah. 
He gets out his old chopper and some leather chaps. He gets a little machine gun deer with a red dot laser bit. You can put it in the eighties. Now the best. Yeah, that's how you got results. Yeah, and he kills everyone that has spiky hair. <laughs> it's, that's not far off. Yeah, I, there's a few between the two of us. We may be pretty close to this. I movie. think so. Especially the first half of this movie. Yeah, we left out the babe though. Yeah, we did. His ex-wife. Yeah, I, yeah. I didn't know that. I learned I, this a couple I hours ago. I learned that, like, yeah, late, <laughs> late in the piece. I learned. Like, embarrassingly, like, we might have made this podcast without even mentioning it. Yes. Now, before we get into the rewatch, obviously, that's not exactly what went down, but it is kind of close in different areas. But before we get into that, why don't we get into the origin story of this picture? Origin story. Thanks, Oki. Uh, now, as alluded to, the origin of this story starts with another movie, one Beverly Hills Cop starring uh, Sir Eddie Murphy. In many ways, this, this movie is almost like the the illegitimate offspring of that movie or the disappointing brother or something. It's it's uh, They're somehow linked yet completely opposite in so many ways. Yeah. And I'll explain exactly what I mean by that because Beverly Hills Cop was first conceived – as a very broad idea by Don Simpson at the time, Don Simpson of Simpson and Bruckheimer. Of course. Fame. R.I.P. R.I.P. He, you know, got stopped by a cop somewhere. I can't remember the anecdote, but basically the, the core of the idea was what if a cop from East L.A. transferred to Beverly Hills? Beverly Hills, fancy pantsy, East L.A., a bit more raw, contrast, fish out of water. Mm. But fish out of water in a serious way not fish out of water in an Eddie Murphy way. And this is the this is the part, I've heard this story many times now. We've told it a couple of times now. But I still can't, I can't imagine Beverly Hills Cop as being anything other than what we got. Thank God for but, that. Uh, yeah. Needless to say that did evolve. You know, it started as East LA to Beverly Hills. Uh-huh. At one point it was Pittsburgh. Then it became Detroit, which makes sense. Um, that main character that was transferring, first named Ellie Axel, Changed to Axel Ellie. At one point became Axel Cabretti, the Motor City Cobra himself. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you may have guessed from that name that we're alluding to a Stallone connection here, uh, which sounds which sounds kind of crazy. But when you put into context that the first person that was initially cast in Beverly Hills Cop was actually Mickey Rourke. Oh, yeah. It starts to feel a little more reasonable. So the first name attached to Beverly Hills Cop, at some point I think it was called Beverly Hills Drive or something, it was Mickey Rourke and he got paid 400 grand while they were developing it just to not take on other projects. Wow. For a certain amount of time. Whatever that time period was, it ran out. Keep going. And he went and spent 400 grand on his face or something. <laughs> you always get so offended when I make Mickey Rourke jokes. I feel like... He's gonna get us. He get would. Us. He would take. He would be have a personal vendetta. But I feel like he's a friend of the show. Net net, he probably is. But he's out there, man. He's out there. Yeah, I like Mickey. Okay, I take it back, Mickey. He spent four hundred grand on. Oh, what about he spent four hundred thousand on his friends? He spent four hundred thousand on his friends, which is probably more realistic. He went out and got poly waffles and moon pies. Yeah, he would have been in his um, Vincent Chase st- stage of his career. He would have. He's a. I think he's a giver, man. I just see him as. A I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think so. He's a dog a very person. Generous soul. He's a dog person. That's a good sign. He's a good man. He's a good man. Also a fighter. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, but that expired, so he moved along, taking his money with him. Now, I will say at this point when Mickey Rock was attached, things they did start to go, well, maybe there's an opportunity to make this a bit funnier. It doesn't have to be quite so dark, yada, yada, yada. But all that came to a screeching halt when um, Paramount offered this role to Stallone at a point when Don Simpson had met Eddie Murphy and was like, oh, wait, hang on, there's some magic happening here. What if we took this concept threw Eddie Murphy in there and made it a comedy mm. kind of thing. But too late, Paramount wanted Stallone. He was a fucking massive star. If you think at this point he's it done, it's, it's like Rocky. Rocky and, 4 had like – I don't was, think 4 was out yet. Oh, well, maybe it? not at the point when this yeah. – Because yeah, Beverly Hills Cop was 84. Yeah, and Beverly Hills Cop was 84. So, uh, but um, Rocky, of course, and First Blood. Re- yeah, First Blood. Oscar-winning screenplay. Uh, a star is born – he was the man. I've talked about this before. We, I, when I had the, you watch the Rocky DVD and there's special features on there of press at the time and it's like the next Al Pacino. Like this is, it's crazy to think about his trajectory since. It really, it's, we'll get into and it. And I've got a bit it's, more of that yeah, later. Good, yeah. it, yeah. I've, in this one I've honed in on his writing career. But we'll oh, nice. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean this, what you'd be crazy not to get this guy essentially. Crazy. But you're getting this guy that comes with a persona, that comes with a brand and that he's a writer. He's, a, he's an Oscar-winning screenwriter. Yeah. If he says, I, uh, I'm in but I want to make some rewrites, you say, fuck yeah, Oscar winner, you can make some rewrites. So he takes this script. <laughs> any any comedy value that has seeped its way in in the rock days is immediately stripped and he wanted is, something darker and grittier. He, he wanted a darker, grittier. And he just added a lot of stuff that ended up in Cobra, <laughs> but also crazy amounts of action to the point where you know, the, the finale was going to be a car chase down Rodeo Drive, which I understand to be one of the most, if not the most expensive street you can close down in the US. Uh-huh. But, you know, Bentley's crashing into Lamborghinis and all that kind of shit. And he takes this thing <laughs> to the studio. And I can only imagine this being a bit like when Herb lets Homer design a car. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just like, what, what have you done here? This is, we can't afford You've ruined us. <laughs> we can't afford to make that movie. What are you talking about? That, even that last scene alone is more than the budget we have. Take my ideas also. And so um, we end up with Beverly Hills Cop. He takes this. Which just used a bunch of shitty old police cars to crash. Yeah, yeah exactly. And With maybe a, a truck full of cigarettes. They spent all the money on that great synth. Mm. Rightly so. Mm-hmm. And uh, But he takes these ideas with him. Makes a little movie called Cobra. Now, the, when this became kind of its own idea, it's quite interesting because you see him talk about this and at the time I think he thought there's Rocky there's Rambo, this is the third one. Yeah. I'm making like the, the trifecta the next, here. The this is franchise. the next one, which is really interesting and you can kind of see that you can see why he might have thought that. Yeah. <laughs> pre, pre, <laughs> Pre-watching it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I conceptually, conceptually I'm okay with that yeah. because also the way he describes this, I'm like that sounds interesting. So the way he talks about. So it's like McGonagall. <laughs> it's like. It's like a, this show, The Simpsons, is going to come out soon. You're um, off, off the case. <laughs> <laughs> um, when he explains this idea, it does pique my interest. If I heard him say this not knowing he's talking about Cobra, I'd be like, I'm listening. He says, <laughs> my dear, my, my dear, in Hollywood movies like 
Friday the 13th. I'm not going to do the impression all the way. In Hollywood movies like Friday the 13th, <laughs> everybody know. screams but Soft. nobody ever calls a cop. It's true. Friday the 13th, we did it recently. Everybody screams, no one calls a cop. I'm going to put a cop into the middle of that kind of situation and see how it works. After watching the movie now, you can kind of see mm. some elements of that and what he was shooting Definitely. for. It's, it's go, got okay. very clear horror tropes. Yeah. So that's interesting. I'm like, yeah, a good version of that is interesting. Yeah, conceptually. Conceptually. Executionally confusing, yeah. perhaps. And there were also a lot of different a lot of differences in the original script versus what we got. I don't have all of them. I don't know all of them, but I do wonder if some of the shortcomings of this film or some of the questions we're left with in this film were perhaps answered in that original version, but some of the things that were cut... You know, most of the stuff I found were quite specific, granular things, but the opening was in a movie theatre, a lot more deaths. Cobra had more backstory. Oh, so he's had a backstory. A backstory. His girlfriend was killed by a crazy person. Um, more action. Oh, yeah, good. <laughs> so, you know, I think they still didn't have that budget that Beverly Hills Cop didn't have either. There were boats and such. Um, yeah, was, there was a lack of boats in this. An alternate ending where Detective Monty... The detective Monty, the guy that he hates, the, the, the guy that's the internal affairs type. Yeah, turns out he was the head of the cult. That was the alternate ending. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> in some ways, it makes more sense because I don't really understand why they hate each other so much in this movie. I'll save save my questions for later. And in addition to this, just overall violence. A lot of violence had to be cut out in order to not be X-rated. Mm. Penis and vagina violence. No, I don't think so. Just, just because X-rated here doesn't that just mean porn? Well, that's what I think. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I know. <laughs> yeah, um, but interestingly, you'll notice we're way we're near the end of the origin story here, and I haven't even mentioned the director yet. Keep going. The director was George P. Cosmatos. Mm-hmm. I don't know a lot about him, but he did direct Rambo Two. Yeah, and would go on to direct Tombstone. So that's not insignificant. He's done a few other things, but they're, 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 they're the most significant. But from what I've gathered, it seems like one of those scenarios, and this comes not just from Stallone but from others on the set, the cinematographer and such, that really Stallone was directing and he was more of, said he's a great producer, he's a shit director. And so mm. I think Stallone kind of, <laughs> yeah, Greg's, Greg's got two L fingers put together to camera approximate shot. a camera angle. And you walk around, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and also this is, at this point, the rising star of Stallone has got a bit of an ego too. So he's a bit yep. of an annoying asshole on set. Like the Brian Thompson, like his monologue at the end where he's talking to Stallone. Stallone wasn't even there. He was watching the game. <laughs> <laughs> the big game or the just? Big, no, the big game, yeah. yeah the big, it's big, but it's the big, big game. Come on. <laughs> yeah, it's a monologue. Yeah. It's a big game. It's cameras. <laughs> I can't do his accent at all today, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to persevere. Keep going, man. So apologies. Keep I'm going. aware it's not good, but I'm just going to persevere. Yeah, fair enough. Look, I'll round out Origin Story just by just by summarising the cast here. You got, you got Stallone as Lieutenant Marion Cobra Cabretti. You got Bridget Nilsson. Bridget, Bridget. It's, I don't know. Brigitte? Brigitte. <laughs> I think it's pronounced a Brigitte. Oh, uh, yeah. As Ingrid Nudson. Rennie Santano as Sergeant Tony Gonzalez. Is that Puppy? Puppy's Pizza? I think it is. 
from, is puppy, from Seinfeld. Puppy, yeah. got a little sloppy. <laughs> it is puppy, yeah. It is. Apparently he's also in Dirty Harry. Oh, that was the throwback. He was the bad guy in Dirty Harry. Was he the bad guy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, bad he guy was in Seinfeld, bad guy in yeah, Dirty Harry. Yeah. See what they did there. Mm-hmm. And in this he's got a bad and diet. dirty in Seinfeld. He doesn't wash his hands after being in a stall. And makes a pass to Primavera. Andrew Robinson is Detective Monty. Brian Thompson, a.k.a. Um, Cheap Barney with the crazy cheekbones. The Night Slasher. John Herzfeld as Cho. Lee Carlington as Nancy Stork. Art Lafleur. Art Lafleur, a young For a Art flashing Lafleur. moment as Captain Sears. He's, I think he's slowly emerging as one of my guys, one of my Willie Fickner's Brian he Thompson definitely guys. is. He looks like a cartoon. He looks like... Got a brick for a head. Yeah, but like there's a De Niro vibe there in some ways. Mm, a De Niro-ish brick. Yeah. I dig him. And all the rest are there. And they, they get these people, they put them in front of a camera and um, they, they they arrange their fingers to make a rectangle with their two forefingers and two thumbs. They say action, bish bash bosh, you go sell a movie rap party at the Viper Room. You know what's a Viper? What? A Cobra is a type of Viper. Rap party at Cobra Room. Thank you. That was good. <laughs> Let's play the trailer. Society is breeding a new kind of criminal. It's also breeding a new kind of cop. Meet Cobra. He does the job nobody wants. Necessary deadly force. I used everything I had. Do you know you have an attitude problem? Yeah, but it's just a little one. You think you would recognize me if you saw him again? The tall one? Yeah. The one that wants to kill you. Do what you have to do to get a lead on this maniac. And if I find him, do what you do best. Strong arm of the law. This is the kind of movie that makes a great trailer. Mm. Great trailer. A bit like a lot of Jean-Claude Van Damme movies, although they're like a piece of art all on their own. The best. The best. Uh, But that trailer didn't give us a lot in terms of the actual plot. We've made a couple of plot predictions that uh, hit some of the right notes, but... Uh, can you give us a bit of a sense of what actually went down in this movie? Yeah, I'll, yeah. When a town is gripped by a new wave of serial killer cultists with cheap Arnie at the helm, who do you call? Marion, that's who. <laughs> Marion Cabretti, a.k.a. Cobra. A.k.a. Toothpick Boy, a.k.a. Bugface. <laughs> A.K.A. what the? Bugface. But not everyone can handle his extreme methods, but he doesn't care because he's a cool guy. He's an awesome 50 guy. It's also a love story between Sly and the chick from Beverly Hills Cup 2. Yeah. 
Well, that that's an interesting little Easter egg in and of itself because in Beverly Hills Cop 2, maybe it's 3, I think it's 2, you also have Judge Reinhold's character with a Cobra poster because, of course, that character would love Cobra <sighs> in his house. And the woman from Cobra is in the movie. Yeah. And she was in Rocky Four as well, right? Yeah. Rocky, yeah. And that was before this, I think. Was it? Oh, maybe not. At the same time. So they were married. I didn't realise that. That's mind-blowing, really. It is. When you think of Rocky Four, he was shagging the other girl's partner the whole time. Was that Drago's wife? Isn't she in the new one as well? Yeah, she was in Creed 2. She's in Creed 2, isn't she? Yeah. I saw a Larry King interview with her. What's she like? Um, She seems quite cool. She's got like a bit of an Arnie swagger about her. And I say that mainly because she's got an interesting accent and is very direct. And this is the way this this is the way things are. Because she was saying basically, Larry King was like, "Why? What was it like working with um, Stallone again?" Yada yada yada. She said, "Look, he's a terrible husband, but he's." Great at producing and writing and that kind of stuff. We buried the hatchet long ago. That's the way you do these things. And we're professionals, and we went to work and we did our job. <laughs> okay. She was she was a model and all these kinds of things. I don't know a lot about her. The name is very familiar. I thought I kept thinking when I saw Bridget Wilson was in it. Wait, Nelson. Yeah, I thought Bridget Wilson. Who's Bridget Wilson? Um, Miss Veronica Vaughan. Oh. That Veronica Vaughn. Veronica Vaughn is one piece of ace. You know, a friend of mine. Pete Sampras' his wife. Got it on. Yeah. No, they didn't. No, yeah. Oh, well, they, you know. <laughs> Sonia from Mortal Kombat. Sonia. I had a thing for her. She's a babe. Um, she's a babe. But I checked into it. It's not her, obviously. It's a whole different person. It's a whole different human. With a different name as well. But um, so, uh, Bridget Wilson would have been 13, which would have been very bad for this film. Yeah, that would have taken a turn. Yeah, it was bad enough. Well, it could have actually been good protecting a kid mm. without the sex. Yeah. But it could have been, that might have been more interesting, like, you know, the Wolverine mm. movie. That would have been a bit too European if you're a bit of a, little, a little Lolita. Luke Besson, Roman Polanski. Oh, yeah. Those guys. <laughs> yeah. Those quirky Those characters. Guys. George wouldn't have done that. Um, initial thoughts of this movie. I might go first if you don't mind. Oh, of course. I genuinely feel like this is almost brilliant. <laughs> almost. <laughs> okay. Almost. Right. Now it's Nicholas Winding Refn, the guy that made Drive. Yep. Uh-huh. He well, was very influenced by this movie. Really? So you can kind of see like there's almost. It's stylistically There's definitely connected dots. He has a toothpick in his mouth basically from this. Um, that's not, I don't think that's the only thing. But there's a, definitely a vibe. But it kind of lands a little bit closer to Only God Forgives. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. But then also they're talking about making a remake, might be a TV show, might be a movie with Robert Rodriguez and this also has a similar thing of if Robert Rodriguez made this movie it could almost be Tighten the bolts. It's just almost there, almost there. It's got a grindhouse vibe. Exactly. So, And it is, like like it is a cop exploitation movie kind of thing Mm. but it just never quite – it dances around the periphery on a few fronts. And also it doesn't even nail the tropes a little bit because he gets to the banter and the banter's shit. Well, like if he, yeah. it doesn't like. It misses on most, yeah. It just, yeah. I actually, I, you keep going. Well, I felt like the first half was more enjoyable. 
I was in, in that on that level. Man, I actually tuned out a bit. I had to go back a few. Like, oh, really? I missed it just out of respect. I, I kept tuning out. I thought the first the big, half, the big violence. Scenes. Maybe it was just more energy levels. I was like ready for this. That's what I mean. I tuned out in the second half. Oh yeah, so, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And the big like Pepsi sign in his apartment for some reason. But but that aesthetic again, you can see the Nicholas Winding Refn. Like, there's mm, a there's yeah. something in that neon for sure. But second half, once they go upstate, yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? Are you, what? Where, why? That doesn't even make sense. You didn't even have a montage to get ready for the bad guys coming. <laughs> yeah, where are you going to stick your knife in the belt? But anyway, we, 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 I think we both have some questions about this movie that we'll get to. Um, I, I, I felt like this movie could have also been, you know, as I'm watching this, I'm thinking it almost, it's almost <laughs> like a very straight-faced comedic film. Yeah. Almost. Yep. Like it's one step removed from being a comedy. Like if you cast Judge Reinhold as Cobra and he rocks up in a car that says Awesome 50, you're watching a comedy. <laughs> it's, a, it's almost a parody. Yeah. It, it, it's like one degree off. Because you feel sometimes I thought that some of the sort of co-stars were going to laugh at some of these things. <laughs> yeah. I felt there was that, you know, like when there's a hilarious – Actor on set, you know, Anchorman or something. Yeah. And you can see the guys just sort of yeah. holding on and they just, they just let it happen. Mm. Yeah. And I think the, the Reinhold thing I just mentioned, that was partly because I just had the Beverly Hills Cop connection in my brain. Mm. But then also remembering that he has a Cobra poster in his house. Like you could almost imagine this as a film that, what was his character's name? Billy. 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 Almost something that he wrote, yeah, yeah <laughs> as like a cool. fantasy about himself. Yeah, so I, I create this like meta things about the movie to make me enjoy it more. <laughs> yeah, I like it. But um, I also think you could actually just remake this as a comedy. Put Vin Diesel in it and don't tell him it's a comedy. That could work quite Ooh, well too. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. Savage. <laughs> He's got the same. He can do the voice too. Don't drink any color as long as it's Pepsi. <laughs> you have to trade it his his Coronas for Pepsi Max. Well, I thought overall though, and interestingly, when you first press play, the first thing that comes up is that it's a canon movie. It's a canon movie. Yeah. Which I, I totally didn't expect. And it's interesting because as you're watching this, you're like, it's almost like Stallone accidentally made a Van Damme movie. Because mm. this feels like it's at the level of like a B-grade Van Damme movie. Yeah. Not a Rocky or a First and Blood, it was a that's big, for sure. Like he was, it, it's not like this was on He his, didn't have to. Yeah. He wasn't on the come up. He was there. He was there. So it's it's funny he just accidentally made. <laughs> he must have just wanted to do this for ages. Yeah, because it's yeah it's uh, yeah it didn't kind of fit into his trajectory. It's weird. It's it's. I'm not going to say it's an anomaly because I'll, I'll get into his track record on writing a bit later. But it's especially at that point. Mm. He's he's he'd written a few beyond Rocky and. And first bite at that point. But even just with those two, you're like, this guy has got something. I think he got a bit too much free reign here maybe. Yeah, that's a good point because that, that happens as well, right? It does a bit. Even with the Nolans of the world, sometimes people are like, oh, the studio should have reined him in a bit. Someone here. should have reined him in. He's probably a yeah. bit too big for his own. Booties. Chaps. Chelsea boots Chelsea, with, a, whatever with, that a was hot, with a two-inch heel. <laughs> Oh, and I did realise at one point in the rewatch that I had seen bits of it. I must have been on TV and I just mm. saw bits of it. Mm. The part where 
Bridget Nelson drives past the scene of them getting rid of the body or whatever. Mm. I knew that scene for some reason. Yeah. Maybe you'd lived it. But I think, Greg, the best way to sum up how I feel about this movie, I realised this as it happened, was last night I was like, oh, I should watch Cobra again because there was a lot in there that I want to kind of unpack. And then I remembered it was a rental and I thought, nah, I don't want to rent it again. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty kind of sums up how I feel about it because I didn't – I enjoyed watching. I probably haven't said that. Like mm. I, for the most part, mm. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Probably for the wrong reasons, but yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah. But I probably wouldn't watch it immediately again for five dollars. That's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened to me. <laughs> really? Exactly. I thought I'll watch it again. Sometimes I like to put it on the background when I'm yeah, exactly my notes that kind of thing. Yeah, and just catch a little bit. Just more osmosis. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I didn't want to pay five bucks to do that again. <laughs> Man, not now. Yeah, not right now. Not right now. But you know, there's. I, I want to hear about your initial thoughts first, but I got a little clip. Mm. that I think might prove a, a nice jumping off point. Mm-hmm. For a springboard, if you will. A springboard, if you will, mm. um, for how you felt about the rewatch. It's, it's Stallone talking about this film, Ooh. this piece of art. Ooh. So this is a clip from the making of that um, attempts to explain a bit of what's going on in this movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also is just on its own just a great fascinating insight into what he thinks he was making. Hit it. Stallone wrote the screenplay for Cobra. Like Rocky and Rambo, Stallone put a lot of himself into Cobra. I have a great deal of uh, sympathy for people that have been victimized. The perpetrators seem to just go free. The jungle has been totally reclaimed, you might say, by the animals. Do you think you would recognize me if you saw him again? The tall one? Yeah. The one that wants to kill you. I try to keep it gut level. I try to reduce the dialogue and intensify the action because I believe your actions are really your calling card. They do speak louder than any words I'll ever say. The hardest part in doing a film like this is not to become too preachy with it. I let people kind of like decipher what they want from the film. I think that you cannot lay out a 10-course meal. I think you've got to lay out a buffet and let people take what they want. So, Greg, my question for you is, uh, what did you take away from this buffet? Well, you know how (laughs) I feel about a food analogy. Yeah. I'm for it. (laughs) Uh, Look, uh, i got to say, I'm a big Sly fan. I love Sly. I love it, yeah. You know, he's done a lot. Yeah. Um, You know, I got two testicles and a heart. On the record, both of us. I got two testicles and a heart. Of course I love Sly. Yeah. Big uh, fan of the show. The moment Cobra walked on this, onto the scene, I was like, huh. I, could, I couldn't believe it. I was like, <laughs> oh, what? This is, this is an unusually put together the character. It's so <laughs> unusual. Was it the oversized aviators? Was it the toothpick that turned out to be a match? Was it the gloves? Was it the license plate? Was it the license plate or the weird... Off, like it, the car looked weird. It looked like a bad guy's car. It said awesome. <laughs> who is That's this like guy? that guy with the tattoos that says Mr. Cool Ice. Like who's awesome. This is where Judge Reinhold's character in like Billy Rosemount or whatever may have Billy written Andrew, this. Yeah, and then he drives up and his, his number plate it says awesome. Yeah, it's. Also his name's Cobra. So what are you trying to get Cobra on the license yeah, plate? Yeah, you've got the cool name. <laughs> 
But do you know what it was though? What? It was the boot cut jeans. Oh, classic. They, a, they were even, they were close. They were an early evolution of boot cut, which was basically a flare. He was in a flare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just wasn't really feeling his character straight away. Um, and, you know, what were they pitching for here? We've talked about it a bit. It was dark and gritty, but yeah. it was a parody at the same Like there was bits where I was like, is this meant to be a parody? These lines are awful. I don't think it's meant to be. Yeah. But it, that's, it just if it went... Slightly further, yeah. Even yeah. unintentionally, it still would have. It was made a bit. It. it was a bit of a hot mess for me. Yeah. As um. Now as I think I'll. I, initial thoughts. I don't know if you feel this way, but I would. I think I'm going to caveat everything I'm about to say by. I I, I like that this movie exists. Mm, yeah. And even just for the poster alone, I this movie exists. Yeah. And there's elements of this movie that I like. Like I like the, especially the opening, not the grocery store stuff specifically, but just the the red and the. There's a lot aesthetically I like about this movie. Yeah. So I'm I'm happy it's in the world. Yeah. I enjoyed watching it. Like I didn't like I'm not going to go that's a great movie, but I, you know, yeah. Enjoyed watching it. But it raises many questions this movie. Oh, many. So and so that's why I just wanted to caveat that because a lot of these questions it may sound like we're taking the piss and maybe we are. But it comes from a place of respect. <laughs> <laughs> caveat. Comes from a place of respect. So, are we getting into some questions? Let's get into some questions. I got some questions. I got questions. You want to you hit, hit, go? Well, the first one I've actually answered myself because I realized this when I went through the cast that says his title, but I didn't understand what his job title actually was when I'm watching the movie. He just kind of shows up. I know they keep saying he's in the zombie squad or whatever, yeah. but like, but what? What are you like? What's what's your job? Just the shooty, shooty, bang, bang. Lieutenant. And then along, it is lieutenant, as it turns is it? out. Yeah. And then off the back of that, what's his partner's job? What's Poppy's job? Mm. The guy that likes to eat sugar. Yeah. He just, he's just his plus one. Like is he not also – they're partners, right? He's buddy cop. He just kind of hangs around. Eating gummy bears. Yeah. That's the worst banter I've – that's not buddy cop banter. Yeah. Eating some fish and some – what the fuck? There's script troubles from day one. It's so weird. I think dialogue is typically what Stallone's good at writing because in in his writing credits, which I'll get into later, some of them are just for dialogue. There was there was a flash because Sly is kind of deviating into a different point here, but yeah, Sly is um, you know he's you said it earlier that he was kind of heralded as a young Pacino. Yeah, he's um, you know he's got complexity. He's got kind of an emotive sensitivity mm. kind of. Bow to his arsenal. Yeah, you know his humor is definitely there. There wasn't. They didn't get didn't get much out of him in this movie. None man. of that was there. Yeah, and he there's says a glimpse like, of it when he's in the in the diner with her, and he gives that silly line about the okay, life, bring, life preserver. That brings me to my. It's like, oh, there he is. That Hello. Me, Hello. G'day, mate. Where have you been for the last sixty-seven minutes? <laughs> there's twelve minutes left of this movie. But I would say, even though there's a glimpse there. It's not quite all the way there. So in line with rocking up in a car that says "Awesome 50" on the uh-huh. license plate, it says "Awesome." <laughs> it is. It I doesn't. To, he's meant to be dark and gritty, but his number plate is "Awesome." Awesome. I want to see him down at the DMV. <laughs> oh, what about Cobra? No, it's taken. Oh, what about awesome without the? I uh, yeah. You, you can have awesome fifty. <laughs> it doesn't make any. It was his car, apparently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was his car, 
1950 something or other. Um, <laughs> An unusual car. Unusual car, but that. And you have like a Corvette, <laughs> Stingray or something. Yeah. Well, that in addition to his his shitty banter, is he just a bit of a dork? He is dorky. Again, Rosemount. It makes sense that this yeah. would be because his they go to they're at this bar. There's a thing you just referenced with the him and Bridget Wilson Nilsson. <laughs> you put that in my head now. Sorry, Bridget. <laughs> are at this bar. Bring it. At this bar, and it's almost Rocky esque. In that, you know, Rocky had this weird under, like, yeah. talks like Popeye, the, the under voice thing. Yeah. And he picks up that big burger and he's like, oh. He's just like, that's a little weird. It's crazy. It's funny. Right? Oh, you got a life preserver. They catch him there. I think he's a dork. Yeah. He might be a dork. So it's almost like, to your point, with the laughing bit, I feel like. Other people in the movie should be reacting to this. <laughs> yeah. It's not normal. It's not normal, man. He wears gloves. Yeah. Everywhere. He wears... Is he OCD? He wears sunglasses in his own apartment at night. Yeah. And cuts his pizza with a pair of scissors. Did we get any clarity on that? Just a smaller triangle. Did we get any what, clarity seem, on that? No, because it, it seems like, I'm like, okay, this is going somewhere. He's going to feed that to his pet rat or something. He just, he just cuts it where well, he's not eating the crust. Is why, that what it is? Why is he? Well, it doesn't make any sense. There's still plenty of pizza if you don't want to eat the crust. Yeah, there was a lot there. He ate a third of the slice. And it's old pizza, but he's in this apartment that's like that. He's pretty in, baller. It's a was baller apartment. Yeah, it's like right on Venice Beach or and something. Maybe that was cheaper then. I don't know. I don't know a lot about it's that. Still right on the beach. Still right on the beach. And it's Come weird, messy. And then he's got this big bowl of fruit there, like he's healthy. Yeah. But then he's eating. I don't really get what that was. Also, why does he have? Well, I know why. Cheeky little perv. He's got a little telescope pointed out the window down at Venice Beach. Nice. See Carmen Electra roller skating. Pammy down the CJ Boulevard. CJ on uh, Tower Three. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, of course, with with a neon big neon Pepsi sign outside his. His rods and cones are going to be all mixed up. Do you think Pepsi was a sponsor of this movie? I believe so. <laughs> it seems like it. It was the, the style at the time. <laughs> Why is he so mean to everyone? Well, he's, this is my main. He's meant to be this nice, funny guy, but he's mean. He's so mean. This is ultimately my main thing is I don't get what he's supposed to be good at. And why he's, he's a bit, just a bit of a dickhead to everyone because yeah. he has this but hatred this with this chip. other guy. But the other guy is just as right as him. I think I think I would hate Cabretti too. He's an asshole. Like he, let's talk let's break down his strategy at the grocery store. He just aggravates the guy. Mm-hmm. You know all those hostages should be dead. It's just by chance that he they <laughs> that other guy didn't kill. There was him. no there was zero conflict resolution. He sinks a beer on the way. That's there's no conflict resolution. Yeah. And I get that it's unconventional or whatever, but breaking down what he actually did. He's got a gun to the head of hostages. Take him out. Don't small talk. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to kill you. And then throw a knife into his gut and give him a chance to shoot his weapon. So, yeah, I don't get what he's good at and why he has – we better get Cobra into it. He's got a toothpick. Yeah. A matchstick. It's it's wild. Yeah. Why would you just send him in? And it's interesting because I – He's not a hostage negotiator. (laughs) Exactly. Why is he the guy that you listen to above all else? 
It's interesting That's, because that would be good in the comedy version. Is the other guy is the <laughs> voice of reason? Like, yeah. why are we? He doesn't have any particular skills. <laughs> exactly. Why are we sending him in? And everyone's like, "Yeah, it's Cabretti." You're right. That would be good. But I think um, I mentioned this is almost like a JCVD film, and I feel like if it was, I wouldn't be so picky on these points. <laughs> so there is, it's like context. You know, it's the, genius. There's like a that adds context. Like by by labeling this as a JCVD movie, it automatically the template shifts. Mm, that's true. <laughs> but with it being him, especially in the Rocky First Blood era, you got to nitpick some of these things. This yeah. is an Oscar-winning writer here. Yeah, the backstory. <laughs> yeah, and and so I don't really get his beef with that the other cop mm. because yeah, you the other guy's in a, a trench coat. Yeah. So. Oh, that's true. He's, and he's got glasses. Bit so, of a, yeah, he doesn't understand. Square. He doesn't get, he's a bit of a square. And in the original script he was a bad guy. So I kind of see what was left over there. But <laughs> his point is a valid one that why would you take her upstate when she's perfectly safe in a police building, you know, with hundreds of cops around versus just taking her to an isolated place? It doesn't really make any sense. Well, because there was a, uh, there was a mole. <laughs> she went with them upstate. Yeah, 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 good point. <laughs> yeah, so there's just a lot in there that doesn't. He's unconventional. <laughs> God damn it, he gets results. He gets results. And then at the end, that same guy says, I oh, mean, I'm sorry about all that shit. You did a great job. You didn't do a great job. A lot of people died. Yeah, for, he killed like 40 something people. A lot of people died. And then he punches him anyway. Why did you punch him? <laughs> yeah. It's wild. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, I like that part. He's <laughs> yeah. like, you better punch him here. <laughs> Goddamn crusty old Dean. Yeah, exactly. And so this is the thing because it, I know why he punched him because that's just what you do in these movies. But, yeah, it's just. It should have been Bridget punching him though. Oh, that would be nice. But, yeah, it's just um, uh, one degree to the left of being uh, this nice pastiche of the genre. It's just, it's just kind of there. Do you have more questions? Yeah, his house. We covered that. Oh yeah, it's a uh, house slash police outpost. What is uh, what about the showdown in the smelter? Oh yeah, T two ripped that off. Do you reckon? Uh, Ooh. Do you reckon Sly was watching that and going, "Oh, smelter." <laughs> I made that. Let's make chromatic backdrop. <laughs> oh, I like the in the Cobra is the smelter. I think we should have the smelter. The fire. And we know James Cameron, he's, he's one to take others' ideas as his own. Aren't they all? He's, he's, we talked about this in the Terminator episode, right? He yeah. collaborates and then the only writing credit is James JC. Cameron. Also, I noticed in this research he co-wrote Rambo 2. Really? First Blood 2, Rambo. Mm. Pretty, pretty couldn't get the smelter in there. So maybe, that's, maybe they had a lot of smelter talk. They must have. They've got, look, i, I got this vision of smelter. Yeah. Do they melt iron? Exactly. The hottest place in Earth. They've probably talked about the Titanic it's, too. It's a, it's a industrial volcano. <laughs> <laughs> the Titanic. Yeah. Yeah. We get a smelter on board. <laughs> oh, I think the bad guy's motive is, uh, what is it? They're a cult, I guess. They're, not, like, they're like nihilists. What's the end game? Uh, eradicate the weak. So they're just going to keep going around killing weak people. Mm. I would argue they're killing non-weak people. Well, exactly. Well, this is why the whole thing doesn't work. There was a witness. 
I didn't know that they would obsess this much about this one witness because they're creating more witnesses in the pursuit of getting this one witness. It just seems like. They, they were sloppy. They were very sloppy. And Brian Thompson, who plays old um, Cheekbones McGee with the knife. Mm. He was very he sweaty, had, wasn't he? He was hot. He's glistening. He's glistening the whole episode. And you're right, more, more of a tank than I realised. And he's six foot two and a half. Yeah, he's tall. He looks like he'll be short because he's kind of got no neck. He's got a big He's mouth. a big guy. He's got a big mouth. But um, he apparently asked alone, like, you know, what's my motivation? What's my backstory? And he's like, no, you're just evil. It's a mm. buffet. It's a buffet. You're just evil. What, what, yeah, take what you want from the evil buffet. Yeah. What do you want? It's a buffet. I like the I like the You can put the, some hot fudge in your spaghetti for I care. Mm, like pizza hot. Yeah. Uh, I like <laughs> the I like the lady who was just thirsting after him. The police cop who Yeah. She was She was kind of a weird. She aesthetically she was quite weird. I thought she had a She looked like she should be in the police academy movies. Yeah, she looked out of place somewhat. She, yeah, it didn't You're right. It's like a weird um she's there. But until you mentioned her, I completely forgot about it. She's integral to the plot, but until you mentioned her, I completely forgot about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I have another question. Oh, yeah. What's up with that fashion shoot? <laughs> also, she didn't – she saw some shit go down. She didn't go to the cops. Yeah. She went yeah. to a fashion shoot with robots and things. Yeah. It was Future. interesting. And, you know, because Bridget Nielsen's a real model, she actually advised on set on how a real photo shoot would go. They and that's what they drugs. came up with. Bizarre. I feel like they're all on drugs. It's bizarre. Angel of the City. <laughs> well, I think they're all my questions. And yeah. I think we've answered them all adequately and it's a perfect film. Mm-hmm. Perhaps. Oh, yeah. So the other thing that I thought would be interesting on this one is um, it's, it's that kind of movie where I, I just want to go, oh, I'd love to see what Roger Ebert said about this film. Mm. He didn't even review it. Yeah. <laughs> and I was trying to look up, you know, the other, David and Margaret and, you know, the people that we love reading reviews of just for some great one-liners. I just assumed there would be some good zingers in there. None of them reviewed it. Yeah. Um, which is crazy. But it is, what I did find was out of all the Stallone writing credits of which there are a lot, this is the lowest ranked on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm. So he's written a lot more than I thought. Mm. Ants? Um, he was in it. He didn't write that. He didn't write ants. No. Has he written it, anything with insects? Uh, let's see. He's written like thirty movies or something. Most of them Rambo's and Rockies and whatnot. No way, Jose. Yeah, but um, even before Rocky, there was a film called The Lord, The Lords of Flatbush. Ooh. In nineteen seventy-four, he was one of four writers on that. That's had sixty four percent Rotten Tomato score. Interesting. That's a that's not a bad. That's a respectable. It's not bad because there's too many of them. But initially, I was watching the trailers for these different movies, and that is you can very much see him as um, actually not that. Well, there's a few of these movies where you can see the Pacino narrative fitting. <laughs> yeah, you can probably guess what the highest rated Rotten Tomatoes film was that he wrote. Rocky. Rocky, yeah. So that was the second movie, 1976, 94%. 1978 is a film called Fist, F-I-S-T, <laughs> like an acronym. It stood for something. That I watched that trailer and that was, yeah, that was very Al pacino Yeah, and apparently that title was like, you know, trying to play on his persona as the, the boxer man. Paradise Alley, 1978, he also directed that, 40% Rotten Tomatoes. 
Rocky 2, 1979, also directed that, 71% Rotten Tomatoes. Rocky 3, 1982, also directed that, 63% Rotten Tomatoes. First Blood was 1982. That got 85% Rotten Tomatoes. The top two, rightfully so, I guess, is, is Rocky and First Blood. Yeah. And so, again, like Oscar-winning screenplay, Rocky, mm-hmm. by Sylvester Stallone. If you and, – and don't get me wrong, I fundamentally believe if you can – if you can create one great thing in your life, you're fucking killing it. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. So I, I don't, I don't, I don't judge based on everything you've done after that. But it is kind of crazy to look at the guy that wrote Rocky, the guy that wrote First Blood, wrote this movie, fourteen percent in Rotten Tomatoes, mm. and not just this movie. He wrote and directed Staying Alive, Rhinestone, Over the Top. I love over the top. I love it, but not in a rocky. Because what happens is I turn my head backwards. Yeah, and it's like I mean, different uh, person. Transform. Transform. Uh, a, a weird moment in the movie genius. where he talks to camera. Does he breaks the fourth wall? <laughs> he breaks the fourth wall. There it is. Hey. And he's written a bunch more. Wow. Rambo three, Rocky five, cliffhanger. I didn't know he wrote that. Did he write titty hanger? <laughs> Potentially. Driven, Rocky Balboa. Rocky Balboa's up there, 77%. Um, the Expendables 1 is, well, I thought it was Someone up there. Maybe it's they not. had a writer for that? Yeah, and he directed it too. Uh, Rambo, Last Blood, 26%. So it's a real mixed bag. Um, a Homefront, have you seen Homefront? That's the only one he wrote that he's not in. Oh. But Jason Statham is in it as basically his proxy. You know how like Woody Allen casts Woody Allen types to play the main person mm. he's kind of got the same thing going on there and it's jason statham and it is such a stallone movie if you watch it, it's good fun james franco's the bad guy um, sounds terrific small town he gets he gets why haven't i seen this <laughs> yeah i think it's on netflix now oh. we watched it one random night me and our me and our both enjoyed home it. front 43 percent rotten tomatoes but it's um oh he's in a trucker hat exactly does he beat people up in a diner Probably. Oh, I'm so into this. It's pretty good. <laughs> he's in yeah, he's in a trucker hat and he's a small town guy. Yeah. He's Kate pre- Bosworth. I love Kate. Brunetta Wada. How has this Ah, oh, I forgot she was in that. How has this gone past me? Exactly. That's quite cool. Wow. Yeah, so cool. Yeah. So yeah, quite a even if he wasn't an actor, just these writing credits are pretty huge. Yeah. And big, big time. While you know, seventy percent of them are below forty percent Rotten Tomato scores. Like I said, the fact that this guy wrote Rocky and First Blood—it's pretty bloody special. Oh, and, he's his man. He's, he's he's sly. And there's an alternate universe where this could have been the third one for sure. It's it, so close. Those daughters. It's close to greatness, Greg. It is yeah. close, but it's not. Yeah, yeah. For me personally. Yeah. Oh, and I did wonder. I did wonder if Cabretti was a real name. Like, did he just make up that name so his nickname could be Cobra? But I look it up. It's it's the two million nine hundred seventy nine thousand six hundred sixty fourth most frequently occurring surname in the world. I was going to say something similar. Yeah, I thought so. That's what I would have guessed. Yeah, uh, approximately a hundred, approximately one in one hundred sixty nine million four hundred seventy seven thousand eight hundred two people. Have that as the last. You know thing. any Cabretis? Obviously not. Hence your research. Well, I should know at least three based on those numbers. 
Wow. <laughs> wow. No, I don't. I thought it was made up 100%. But, yeah. But I'll give him that one. It's a real name. Yeah, it checks out. Unless he got into Wikipedia. Could happen. <laughs> probably just check the Great Book of Names. Great Book of Names, yeah. Book of Names. What do you think of the performances in this movie? I quite like Brian Thompson. Yeah, I didn't think too much of any of them. Yeah. Brian Thompson probably fit the role pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. He does a good job of just. He's in the dark and he's He's good sweating. in the dark because he's got so many angles on his face. Yeah, he's a scary faced man. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're all pretty flat. Yeah. It's, a, it's flat. He's the only one where that just kind of works for that role, but just mm. he's kind of potentially the best just by default. Yeah. Because <laughs> none of them were really. Because even Stallone, he wasn't even really doing anything. Doesn't do anything. Give us something, Sly. We know you got it. He's got it. He's a charismatic man. He was trying to play this stoic. He was trying to play Dirty Harry. He even Well, exactly. You've got to imagine that this guy, let's imagine all those characters are real. Cobra shows up to a party and Dirty Harry's there and fucking whoever Charles Bronson plays is there. Yeah. They must wish. just laugh at this kid. Yeah, he even his, said, go horse. ahead. <laughs> yeah. I don't even show up here. <laughs> so that's like a parody line. He's parodying, parody. So maybe it's a work of genius. Or maybe. Maybe we're simpletons just don't get it. He's on another level. I'm on another level. He was on another level. And I really, I know I already covered this, but I did enjoy watching it. Mm. So, again, I'm not saying it, it succeeds on one level, I suppose, because I enjoyed it. I yeah, it's a nice, it. it's a it's a good nostalgia vehicle in like, wow, they, yeah. this was amazing. And especially having not seen it. Mm. And I added a little extra specialness to the, like, this is the kind of movie where I, yeah, lights down, sound up, some little snackies. Yeah. Killer soundtrack. Oh, Yeah. Killer soundtrack. It's very. It's important to know. This yeah. is a great soundtrack. Lots of synth. Lots of ballads. We were listening to it just before we started recording, and I was thinking again. Like the trailer looks really cool. This movie is aesthetically quite cool. I would love to just see the soundtrack played. Yeah. Over the movie by the orchestra. <laughs> yeah, by, so an orchestra, by an orchestra. Hey, this movie. I thought um, once upon a time. I can't remember what the context was, but I read a Kenneth Slesser poem. Right. It might Who's have that? been two hands. Kenneth Slesser when I his his, his poem on oh, King's, the King's Cross. Cross thing, yeah. So I just I was watching this movie and there was a power ballad in there called Angel of the City, mm. and the the lyrics were just resonating with me. So, with your permission, I might read the lyrics of oh. Angel of the City. Oh, permission granted. <clears throat> Another hard day in the city, sweat pouring down. Oh, it ain't too pretty. Working your fingers to the bone, trying to get blood from a stone. Whip it cracks just like thunder. Some survive her, most go under. Mm. Dancing this ball and chain around, it ain't no dirt to be found. Now you're watching over me, angel of the city. (laughs) Tell me where can you be? In time I'll find you, angel of the city. The streets, they scream with desire. The air is thick with dreams on fire. And this ain't any kind of life, living on the edge of a knife. Are you watching over me, angel of the city? Tell me where can you be? In time I'll find you, angel of the city, angel of the city. Come on, show your face. 
Angel of the City, Finn. That's beautiful, man. That do you, do you know what my the one that really struck is me that was, they're the lyrics. That's the lyrics of the song. Yeah, I want to see Greg slam poetry night. Yeah, you just, just doing eighties eighties power ballads. <laughs> yeah, slam poetry. <laughs> that's fucking cool. I reckon you could swing that. Like, for, like ones people haven't heard of, like this song. Yeah. They wouldn't know, man. The streets, they scream with desire. The air is thick with dreams on fire. <laughs> dreams on fire, baby. It kind of works. It's kind of like how, um, you know, when everyone started learning guitars, got on YouTube and did mm-hmm. like acoustic covers of pop songs. They sound so much more deep. Mm. Like uh, Britney Spears, My Loneliness is Killing Me, all that kind of stuff. Oh, like, Similar thing. Same principle. Same principle. Yeah, have you heard Ryan Adams? Covered a whole Taylor Swift album. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's great. Exactly. It's that kind of <laughs> shit. So basically you could become, it's like a Simpsons episode where you become a slam poetry star and they find out and your secret. And they find out like, yeah, it's just Journey. And <laughs> <laughs> just a small town girl. <laughs> Living in a lonely world. Fuck, we should, yeah, let's make that happen. Mm. I'll go Anyone brew some where, black coffee. Where's the, uh, I'll find my skivvies. Where's the latest Cool Cats uh, hangout? Matting Bar would be a bit creepy going into Matting Bar at this I mean, age. We're in Newtown. We can sort this shit out. Oh, it's sure got to be something. It's probably just un- unsignposted. Yeah, it's probably just a little uh, speakeasy style, someone's house. Could start one right here. There's one right now. I've got an espresso machine. I've got a skivvy. <laughs> Ira's got a beret. Does she? We could fashion these things into goatees. Yeah, mine looks like a goatee. I don't get a lot of... I don't get much. Mine's here. getting white on the sides as well, so it's. I can't wait till mine goes all white. That's a conversation for another time. <laughs> we are dribbling. We are dribbling. Uh, so we go through our patented, patented. Yeah, let's get into the verdict. I don't know what to say, really. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. The law. I'd like an answer to your question, Judge. I want to have them answered immediately. You can't handle the truth. What are you waiting for? Ah! Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. Nothing further. Your Honor. And that's all I have to say about that. Got some parting thoughts for us? I've got some parting thoughts. You know, not 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 a real pithy line here, but I think just to kind of summarize everything we've said is I enjoyed this movie. Mm. It's not a good movie. I enjoyed this movie. It's almost a great movie. It's not a good movie. Mm. Uh, like I said, I think the best, the real proof of what kind of movie this is is the fact that I wouldn't rent it again this week. Like oh, we do, I try and watch movies twice where mm. I can that we're mm. going to cover. Yeah. But well, it didn't, didn't seem worth it for five bucks. It was a $15 purchase or a $5 rental. Yeah. So typically when those are the numbers we rent. Yeah. Unless it's like, you know. I guess it's also then the principle of it because it's like, well, I didn't buy it. I'm not going to pay almost as much as buying it just to rent it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, And we, we subscribe yeah. to basically every streaming service. So yeah. It's like- and it was on like all of them until I swear recently. Cliffhanger's on there though, so wait until we do that and it won't It'll be on there time anymore. to pay, yep. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so I mean in terms of stars, I'd give this like as an – Actual film that I would objectively evaluate, I'd have to give it like maybe one and a half stars. Mm. But as something that, as a piece of entertainment, genuinely, maybe like three and a half for that one viewing, but probably enjoying it on more of a meta kind of level. Yeah. Of, yeah. yeah. Again, like imagining 
Billy Rosewood having Rosemount having written it, that kind of thing. Yeah. How about you, Greg? Yeah, that's pop, that's hard to uh, hard to disagree with. I enjoyed it on some kind of level where I was just asking questions about why. Mm. Why does this exist? Why? What was he shooting for? <laughs> what are his motivations behind this bland, confusing, dorky, poorly dressed character with gloves on the whole time? He's such a dork, man. He's such a dork. I think maybe he was shooting to be a badass and Sly's for all his strengths is not a badass. He doesn't understand what cool. Yeah, because it seems like something Homer Simpson would write or like a South Park bit where Cartman is trying to be cool. Mm. It doesn't ring true as someone that's actually cool (laughs) at all. Yeah. Like in many ways, Ryan Gosling in Drive is kind of, it's not the same thing. He's not a cop going around shooting people, but just in terms of his demeanor, he doesn't say a lot. He's arguably low energy performance, but he's got that, the stoicness kind of works in mm. his in his performance, uh, but yeah, let's get into our little uh, patented cultural yeah, relevancy test. What have we got? <laughs> uh, they're mostly flunks. Did Simpsons do it? I couldn't find it. I wouldn't be surprised surprised if there's some deep reference. cut reference yeah, somewhere. I reckon there would be. There must be. <laughs> oh, Porn Parrot didn't look it up. I didn't either. Well, this is the other thing with this movie with the research. Fucking every time you search for Cobra now, it's Cobra Kai. Yeah. So much Cobra Kai out there. So fucking hell, Daniel son, get off my back. Bechdel test, certainly not. FX test, yeah, fine. There's some explosions, that kind of shit. Uh, King Cobra? I don't know. It's- oh, you're looking for porn parodies? Yeah. I'm just going <laughs> to stop now. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I did have the... Recast the Vin Diesel, don't tell him it's a comedy. Recast the back in the 80s, Judge Reinhold. Yeah. Make it a straight-faced comedy. Um, but other than those, I didn't really have any. Yeah, uh, not really. I said um, Zac Efron could have been a dorky cop like him. <laughs> yeah, he could have been. Um, if it was a parody. Yeah. Van Damme would have been a good bad guy. Yeah. Which I just kind of say is a default these days. Yeah, he, he would be a good bad guy generally speaking. Oh, his Netflix movie's coming soon. I saw a post. It's like the, the last bodyguard or something. I can't remember. I don't know. But it, I don't know, it could be good. Could be. Maybe that is something we'll do on Patreon. Maybe when we start a Patreon. We're going to start Patreon soon, guys. I'm very excited about this. We're working on a few ideas of what. Those perks for patrons could be Angel of the City. Um, one idea was: Do we do more recent lap pack movies? If that's something you're interested in. Let us know. Um, but in the meantime, but uh, we're going to do like uh, we'll do some walkthroughs. We'll we'll commentate some films. Yeah, live commentary. Live commentary is something we're thinking we'll throw on there. But yeah, that should be exciting. In the meantime, um, leave us a review if you haven't already. Uh, check out the merch store, lots of stuff on there. Uh, all these links are in our bio on Instagram at Double Impact Podcast. Uh, check out the Pop Critic. Should be some new content coming this week if I get my shit together. Oui. Yeah, uh, the, the Double Impact ecosystem is out there. Get, what are we doing next week? What are we doing next week? We've just decided this uh, as of a few hours ago. We'll be doing a little film called Wild Things. Yeah. L- later in our, it's later than 86. 
It is. Matt Dillon and... Bill Murray. Bill Murray. Kevin Bacon's peen. Oh, it does in the shower. <laughs> oh, unnecessary peen. It's so surreal. There's not much thing is necessary peen in my book, but... It's... it's uh, yeah, we'll save it for next week. Yeah. I'm looking forward to... Uh, <laughs> watching some, some porn. <laughs> watching some... Steamy Kevin Bacon get out of the uh, get out of the shower there with Bill Murray there for some reason. Nothing like I bet Kevin Bacon will get the girls in the mood. Am I right? Yeah, right. I'm looking forward to some Bill Murray. Yeah, he's quirky in that. Yeah, is he a lawyer or something? Yeah, he's like the the accountant or something. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. All right. Bye. See you next week, Have a great week. Great. Week.